Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Hello, and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time nine-year cancer survivor. I'm the patient program's assistant at Breast Friends, and when I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Listeners, you are in for a treat today. My guest is Stephanie Ewing, a woman who has beat breast cancer, is an educator, and is also the author of two books, The Shower Habit, which gives steps to increase your productivity, your energy, and boost your confidence, and The Sleep Habit, how to optimize your nighttime routines and your bedroom to get better sleep. I know I need all of these things. So let's get started. Welcome, Stephanie. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, I'm Stephanie Ewing, and I'm a new author. I am married. I have two kids. I grew up here in the Pacific Northwest. It's beautiful, and there are a lot of small towns, and I like to say I lived in most of them. (laughs) Um, Now that I am settled here... um, I also have picked up two goats, two dogs, and about 26 chickens. That's, two cats. Now, were the chickens in the pandemic? Because I know that was a big thing. A lot of people like, oh, let's, let's get more animals. Let's have chickens. You know, the chickens were a little before the pandemic, but I think we doubled the, I don't mm-hmm. know, what's a, what's a group of chickens, a herd? I, I, I got nothing. I don't know. I have dogs. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here today. I have to tell you, I listened to the shower habit last week and it's so good. And I love the fact that it's, it's really concise and you can listen to, I listen to it. It's probably about an hour and a half, I think, but such good information in such a short, in such a short, um, you know, book, I guess. And it's, it's great. It's very straightforward. And as we were talking before the show, you said you wrote the book that the books that you needed. And I love that. That's that's great. But before we get into the books, I do want to kind of just do a real short snapshot snapshot of your cancer journey, because that's kind of what all brings us brings us here together. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I was 41 years old and I went in for my annual exam and the doctor said, have you had a mammogram yet? And I said, <laughs> no, I've heard about those. So I got my mammogram and of course there was something that didn't look quite right. Mm-hmm. And so then I had the ultrasound, then I had the biopsy, and then I got the phone call from the doctor. And then I started all those lovely tests, and it turns out I had triple negative uh, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. It was small. It was caught early, so it was only stage one, but it was pretty aggressive. Yeah. So I got the, the power port installed, and uh, then I went through chemotherapy and then double mastectomy with reconstruction. So, you know, the only thing I didn't get a chance to experience is radiation. And I've heard, wow, I missed out. Um, it's funny for me, radiation was the easiest part. But as, as we talk about it in, in our office, you kind of had the full meal deal. So, <laughs> so you got to experience all of the fun things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Apparently I got something in my throat this morning. So, and Thank you for sharing that. I think it's it's really an important touch point of what leads so many people off into new directions. And cancer can be such a huge turning point in people's lives. For me, I realized post-cancer that I, I want to be on a stage. I want I want to speak to the public and be an advocate for 
breast breast health and breast cancer awareness. And as I mentioned earlier to you, I, I want to write a memoir because I, I feel like I have so much to share. And even if even if nobody buys it, I still want to write it for me. And now I host this show. And I, I think of all these things as, as I say, making spiked lemonade out of awful rotting lemons. Because, you know, you take the worst situation and you turn it into something great. And I bet you kind of feel the same maybe with your own metaphor. <laughs> I do. I, I have the, the little card given to me where you take the lemons and you shove them in your bra. So, you know, we all use lemons. <laughs> I like that. Because sometimes that's what, well, that's definitely what the expanders feel like. If, if people out there have not had them, it's like having something rock hard right on your chest. Super fun. And definitely the not, the not fun way. But, and one more thing I really want to ask about before we get to your books, I saw in your bio that you're also a runner and that you've completed a half marathon. Tell, tell me about that. You know, I have a fabulous sister-in-law and we were talking about how we wanted to, you know, get in better shape. And um, so our whole goal was if we start running, then we'll have to fly places that we want to travel and do marathons there. So the Disneyland one or the one in Hawaii, you know. I love that. Yeah. So I picked up running and I did my half marathon and, you know, that's 13.1 miles is a long ways. Oh, gosh, yes. And I'm not sure. Marathon's still on the bucket list, but we'll see. Well, and because our bodies definitely have changed post, because this was pre-treatment, correct? Yep. Yeah. And are you, do you run it all now afterwards or are you still kind of, you're busy doing other things? You know, that was kind of the impetus for one of them for the shower habit. Like, okay. how, how can I get myself back to some sort of routine that's going to lead to where I want to be? I love that. That's, that's really important. And the habits just are so, well, we'll, we'll get into the habits because they're, they're great. But before you had cancer, did you have aspirations to be an author? You know, I have always been a reader. I love books. I remember in high school, my fabulous math teacher told me I could no longer bring a book to class because I would read instead of listen to her. Um, I I don't know that I ever pinpointed that I wanted to be a writer. um, But, you know, after cancer, I was lucky enough to go on a thriving beyond cancer retreat with um, breast friends. And oh, lovely. Yeah, (laughs) you've done it. I I did it with Sharon um, four years ago, actually. Yeah, my treatment year. I did it with Sharon two years ago. Oh, fabulous. Um, and she has us do a vision board. Mm-hmm. And it just ended up on my vision board. And, you know, I don't know that I articulated it before that. And then um, just this past winter, you know, pandemic, and we're all staying at home. And I decided I was going to write a book. I love that because as an educator, you, I'm sure were working from home for a good majority of that time. So you actually had more time in addition to your family and your chickens and all those things. So somehow you still managed to find the time. So kudos to you because I haven't been able to do that. (laughs) But um, let's talk about your books. The Sleep Habit came out earlier this year. How did you come up with that premise? You know, I have always loved reading and self-help books are no, no different for me. Um, I absolutely adored Atomic Habits. That was a big breakout hit um, not too long ago. And the idea of using the time in the morning for something that's going to set my day up right seemed like a no-brainer. 
Mm-hmm. But I could never join that 5 a.m. club. I no. could not get up. And so then I'd fall off the wagon. I'd feel bad. My self-talk would get negative, And it was a spiral. So um, this, this book was kind of my antidote to that. And I apologize. I misspoke earlier. I said the sleep habit. The sleep habit just came out this weekend. The shower habit was your first book. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about a lot in the beginning here today. And in the description of the book, it highlights a few things. Start your day with confidence is one of them. I'm not a morning person. In, uh, like, in your book, you talk about an S- extreme alarm app called Alarmy. Because, and I, I need that. Getting out of bed is emotionally painful for me. I love bed. It, it's, it's one of my favorite places in the world. Bed and Italy. There's, you know, there's those things. But will something like this work for me, even though I'm just not a morning person? I think so. It doesn't require you to wake up at, you know, 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. It, it takes maybe 10 minutes. And I think most of us can, can figure out how to squeeze that in because most of us take a shower every morning anyway. Mm-hmm. So the first four steps happen within your walls of your shower. So I, I hear you about the mornings being really tough. I think uh, with a little bit of self-knowledge, um, kind of planning something that's really wo- rewarding for you, I think you'll, you'll develop momentum and it won't seem as painful because you don't have to get up much earlier, if at all. Well, you're, you're really, that makes sense because you're doing, like you said, the, the first four steps actually in the shower. And if, if we're having a good day and we're on, we're taking a shower. I, I admit there are some days it doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> especially right now, today is on Wednesdays, we can actually book lanes at our local pool. And so uh, I take my son and a friend usually and a friend of mine. And so it's a swim day. So I swim later. So I will do that later on. But you can still do these things while you're getting ready in the morning, even if you're not in the shower. Yes, you're going to miss out on the cold blast, which which I like anyway, because, you know, hot flashes. <laughs> but um, one of the other highlights it talks about is boosting your productivity and I definitely feel like I need to do this because between my my job, my son and all of his activities, my dogs, my husband, I don't feel like there's a lot of room in my schedule um, to like, how do I fit in more productivity? Yeah, productivity can be such a misused word. <laughs> for, for me, productivity is assigning some of my energy toward the goals I have set. So if I haven't set those goals firmly, you want to write a memoir. That is awesome. For me, I would need to set some time and hold myself accountable and actually set myself a deadline. I I went on to a website called Upwork and I hired an editor and I said, I'm going to get you this first draft by this date. So although I was the one that set that, Mm -hmm. just knowing that I had hired somebody and I had that date, it really helped me. That makes sense because it's it's kind of like the gym. If you pay for it, you're going to go, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> we, bought, we bought a Peloton last year, and it's, it's literally behind me. And so I look at it every day. And I look at it, and I know I'm making a monthly payment on there, so I'm getting on that thing. <laughs> nice. Yes. And I have a sign here at my desk also that says, have you Peloton today? But uh, – <laughs> And one other thing that your book talks about is reducing stress and increasing happiness. And those are definitely life goals for everyone. How, how does that work in terms of your book? 
You know, I often misunderstood stress. I kind of thought it was a bad word. And I found out that stress can be good too. It's when it gets too far that it can shut us down. So for me, having those deadlines and having checklists, those things help provide a little bit of stress that helps me to meet my goals. But when we get too far, it can really shut us down and it can lead us to some really bad choices. So I think that finding that happy balance for each person is different. And the strategies in this book will allow you to kind of get back to equilibrium so that you are feeling like you're in a better spot and you can meet the goals that you set. Like that. And that is very true. Like giving yourself a little, and we don't even have to call it stress, giving yourself some guidelines. Like you said, setting deadlines, setting goals and have it like, I'm a list person. I, I, it's, I, I will admit up until about a year ago, I carried a little notebook in my purse and I made all my grocery lists, Christmas list and a to-do list, any kind of list I had, it was, it was in that little book. And I will admit that I have, we have recently changed to the Alexa, Amazon Alexa in the house. And now we just say, Hey, Alexa, add, you know, bake into the Costco list and add this to the, the list to go out in the trailer. And, and um, so I, it's definitely changed my life a little bit. It's, it's a little strange, but thankfully, thankfully she doesn't yell at me about my goals yet. <laughs> I haven't set those in there. <laughs> she, she probably can be told to. I'm sure she'd be like, have you done your shower habit today, Michelle? <laughs> I love that. Um, so as I was listening last week to the shower habit, which those of you listeners out there, it's on Audible. You can, I believe it's, on, you can get it on Amazon as well. And uh, we'll talk about those that more later. But I, I love listening to it because I just put it on as I was doing my things around the house. Um, and it was funny because I was actually carrying around a little notebook with me everywhere I went to take some notes. And one of the things which I found great was one quote that you said in there was gather a tribe. And it's so very important to find people around you who get you and get your goals. Did you have a tribe when you, um, after cancer or when you were writing the books? Oh my goodness. You know, I had such an amazing tribe when I was going through cancer and I had three kind of online tribes that were so mm -hmm. supportive. And then I had my friends and family that were kind of live and in person and they were really great for that emotional daily support. But having those women online who had gone through what I was going through yep. was irreplaceable. Yeah, we, we talk about finding your tribe who gets it because going through something like cancer, it's, a, it's so incredibly scary and life-altering and you have so many questions because when you go in for those doctor's appointments, you're physically there, but you're not mentally there because you're, you're thinking like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Am I going to lose my hair? Am I going to lose my boobs? Um, what, what, what is going to go on with me? And your brain is just a mess. So I think it's so important in anything that you're doing to find your tribe. And you mentioned in regards to the running, which you had done prior to cancer, that your sister-in-law did it with you. And it's so much easier, especially with something like that, where you, where you have a goal and you're pushing yourself to find that. And I, I think that's, it's just super important to be able to find that. And no matter, no matter what aspect of your life, find people who get you. 
Uh, and it's super important. So, but we do have to take a short break here pretty soon. So listeners, remember, if you'd like to make a donation to Breast Friends, you can do so on our website or by texting BF radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends continue on its mission that women do not go through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in a couple minutes with Stephanie to talk more about the shower habit. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. My name is Michelle Beck, and I'm here with Stephanie Ewing, the author of The Shower Habit and The Sleep Habit. Right now, we're talking about The Shower Habit, and we just finished up talking about how important it is to gather your tribe around you, no matter what you're experiencing, whether it's cancer or training to run a marathon or just being able to live your life in a better place. Find people who get you. And make them your best friends. Um, something else which stuck with me as I was reading or listening to The Shower Habit was called habit stacking. Can you describe that for our listeners? Yeah, that's been introduced in so many books recently. It is amazing. So trying to start or change a behavior is, as we know, really difficult. So the idea of habit stacking is you start with something you already do and then you just add on to it. So for me in the book, I start with a shower. I'm going to do that already. So once Mm -hmm. I get in the shower, just add on to that. 
that's great because it, it is so important because everything that we have heard in, you know, our life is that it takes 21 days to start a new habit and, or, you know, a certain number of times to like a new food. So if you already have a process in place, then you can just add it, add on to the things like that. And I think that's what you have definitely found um, in the shower habit because you, you, like you said, you start with the shower and then you go from there. And we're going to get into those steps here in a minute. But one thing that also really struck me as I was going through it is the benefits you talk about of a cold shower. What does that do for us? So I first heard about a cold shower and I thought, <laughs> yeah, right. That sounds like when Painful. you're in a awful and you're you're in a house with you know the plumbing and somebody flushes the toilet and it goes freezing or something yeah I, didn't I we all grow that. up in houses like that yes <laughs> never on purpose right so I started researching the idea of a cold shower and the benefits were pretty amazing and I thought okay so everybody's talking about it um, I'm reading all these articles about it maybe I should try it and I have to say it wasn't as bad as I thought and in conjunction with some affirmations and some mindfulness, the benefits for me were huge. I was awake. I was energized. And if it's speeding up my metabolism, hallelujah. Great. Because as we all know, after 40, that takes a nosedive. Yeah. After 40 and post-cancer, the metabolism is like, woo, done. Yeah. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode and a half. <laughs> Seriously. And I've also heard there's benefits in there's, you know, speeding up your metabolism and those things, but it is also a benefit for like when you're done as um, washing your hair. Like if you do the cold shower, it, it closes up your pores and it's, it's better. And also for your complexion and things like that. So I'm, I'm the person who already takes a shower at like, you know, somewhere between one and two o'clock. My husband and I, years ago, we used to shower together. We would we worked together. So it's like one in, one out, same time. And it was a million degrees. And then now that I'm, you know, post-menopause, hot flash city, it's like, no, everything is cooled down. So he would think my shower temperature is already a cool blast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, you mentioned the actual temperature of the cool, what your cool blast is supposed to be. And, you know, I know most of us don't carry a thermometer in there. So is it, you know, right before you get goosebumps, you know, how, how, how cold are you supposed to get it? <laughs> you know, I think you can actually get goosebumps when you're at the right temperature, but you know, between 65, 70 degrees, I think anything below 70 is kind of considered a cold shower. And when you think mm -hmm. about our internal body temperature being around 98, that's a significant amount lower. So it is going to feel pretty chilly, even if it's, you know, like the temperature of your house. And how long are you supposed to do that for? You know, I get say the start, benefits. I say start small, but from what I've read up to three minutes of the water blast. Can. That's a long time, but that definitely would give you plenty of time to do your, your affirmations and your mindfulness, which brings me actually to my next question. In the book, you talked about a phrase called, or you said something, mindset matters. How, how do you work that into the context of your books? So I always start with Carol Dweck. She wrote The Growth Mindset Coach, and her idea that if you truly believe that your brain can learn and grow for your entire life, then that is your truth. And that is true. And it's so different from how we used to think of, especially intelligence. 
we think of intelligence as a fixed number that we can't change. If you take an IQ test and it tells you you're at a 85 IQ, well, that's mm -hmm. where you are. And we know just like intelligence that you can grow in any skill for your entire life. So kind of that, that yet mindset, you know, I can't run yet. <laughs> we, we all have it in us to learn and grow in any skill that we want to put our minds to, I guess. That's a great word to use. And the, the, the yet factor, when you first said that, I was like, oh, I don't understand. But then when you're like, I can't run yet, that, and you know, you often hear the phrase, you can do anything that you set your mind to, you know, that yes, there are some limitations to that. But I, I think that's something really huge that we need to all add to our vocabulary. For me, I am not a runner. And I have no desire to be a runner. However, I would like to be fit. And I'm not fit yet. But I'm working on it. I have, you know, I have my Peloton that I get on and I, you know, do some yoga and some different things. So I'm getting there. So I'm, I'm definitely going to include yet in my vocabulary. I love that. And so I would really love to get into the actual steps of the, the first four steps are in the shower. So can we break those down and talk about how, just let's talk about those steps. Yeah, sure. The first step is pretty easy. Did you get in the shower? <laughs> that is a check mark right there and you have succeeded on step one. Uh, step two would be the cool water blast. Now that doesn't happen in the order that you would do it, but that is another step in the shower habit. Okay. And then we can round out the first four steps with some affirmations. Um, I, I hate to tell you guys, but we all talk to ourselves. There is, there is a conversation going on, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that we direct that conversation to positive intentions. And then finally, some mindfulness. You know, if you're sitting there and you're at work or you're at home and you're feeling a little stress, probably your tongue is stuck to the roof of your mouth. Your jaw might be clenched and your shoulders are up in your ears. So if you can just drop your shoulders, unclench your jaw, take four deep breaths. It's going to change your body and it's going to help you deal with whatever you're going through. That's great. And you mentioned the affirmations. Do you have a list that you use? Definitely. Me personally, after cancer, one of my affirmations is I am strong mm -hmm. because if you have gone through that, girl, you are strong. And um, I also share a list of affirmations on my website, stephanieewingauthor.com. And you Perfect. can sign up and download those. But truthfully, you can just go Google affirmations. It, there are so many options. And affirmations are really highly personalized. For mm -hmm. you, strength not, might not be it, but health might be it. Or... You could have affirmations about your family or your loved ones. There's so many ways to do that. So yeah, definitely something to really personalize for yourself. You mentioned the strong. I actually have a, a tattoo. Um, it's, it's hard to see, but right there, it's the pink ribbon with the boxing gloves. Yep. And it says strong. 
and I, you know, Breast Friends has been such a huge part of my, my post-cancer life. But also there's the other local organization here in Portland, Fighting Pretty, which sends out the pretty packages, which has the, the little mini boxing gloves in them. And I, I have three pairs. I'm not going to lie. There's one in my car. There's one here at my desk. There's one in my bathroom. I have a cancer wall um, because I love them. And it's, it's really a, it, it's a reminder to me what I've been through. And so I, being able to, that's a, it's such a great idea to just take that time in the shower to, I am strong. I am strong. I am loved. I am beautiful. I am smart. And, you know, so it's, it's really important to direct, direct your mindset. So, you know, like I'm going to go into the day with positive things and, you know, positive mindset and, I just, I think that's super important. And then also the, the mindfulness, paying attention to your body, taking those deep breaths. It's, it's something we don't give ourselves enough time. And it's such an important reminder. One thing you talked about in the book was writing on your mirror or your shower door and checking those things off. And at first I was like, cause I'm, I'm super OCD and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to write on my mirror. Why, why would I do that? Or why it, it just, <laughs> the thought of it was like, oh. but you know what? Once I did it, it was very freeing because you know, you can do that and you're like, Hey, it's okay. No, no one's going to get upset at me. And my husband's gonna be like, I don't know what you're doing, but go ahead. And <laughs> I just, it really, to have something like that written out in front of you, it makes such a big difference to, to, yes, it's in your head, but also when you can see it and checking off that box. Yes, I did my shower. Check. I did my affirmations. Check. And I even wrote, um, I wrote strong on the mirror as well. And I wrote goals. So to remind me like, okay, I need to work on some goals, but just having that extra visual visualization was a big help. And then you also talk about some things to do post shower. How did you come up with that list? You know, for me, um, being strong is a, a mental thing. It's an emotional thing and it's also physical. So affirmations help me with the emotional and the mental, but I also thought I needed to spend a little bit of time on the physical, but I didn't want it to be overwhelming. And like you know, and like most women listening know, if you've been through breast cancer, your foundation of physical health has been shattered. We've been talking about how it is important to be physically strong as well in terms of mentally strong. So Stephanie, you were talking about how it's important to you and um, the different steps post-shower in your book. Can we get back to that? Sure. I was talking about how we have just obliterated our physical um, health and strength with the cancer treatments that many of us have gone through. And starting small is a necessity so that we can feel some success so that we will keep going because we all need to feel successful. Yes. And so, in the book, you talked about a couple different shower poses, um, mountain pose, which is one of the most basic, but it actually, you can really find a lot of, a lot of strength and empowerment in that. And then tree pose, um, which I fall over all the time. So I need to use the kickstand. <laughs> kickstand um, is not cheating. It's a pose. I love that. And then you also talk about doing 
Um, and it's, um, I have to, I have to say one comment when I was, so I was listening to the book, I wasn't reading it. And the chapter, um, the first chapter post shower is entitled pose. And it makes sense now after you listen to it, you're like, oh, it's about yoga. But honestly, all I could think of was Madonna doing like the Vogue. Yeah. Doing the, the, the things and Stephanie and I are doing it for you listeners. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, and, but that's all I could think about. And so the whole, I was like, Vogue, Vogue. Sorry, that's the that's the extent of my singing. Um, but you know, that's someone who's incredibly healthy and gosh, years older than I am, and she's made a lifetime out of being strong and healthy. So we'll move on. But what was our next step after yoga? Squats. Oh. <laughs> so squats are not that bad, and they're really great for some overall core strength. And they don't require any other equipment. So just your booty and your legs. Just your strength and you can do them. And just doing 10 squats is a great start. If you're already physically fit, there's a couple upgrades you can choose. But if you just want to do 10 squats, you are going to see health benefits. And that's definitely the area where I need the health benefits is my booty and my legs and um, I'm working on that, but I, I loved adding squats to that. And I think you also mentioned um, burpees and I just, I literally was in the car going, hell no. <laughs> right. I think I call those a torture device taught to me by my college volleyball coach. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no way this, this post-cancer body will do burpees and I'm not even going to throw yet there because that, that's just not even something I'm going to try. I would end up injured. <laughs> Um, but some of the other post shower habits that you talk about are self massage with some lotion, which super important and something that I do. I learned I learned that from my mom, like lotion up after the shower. And you know, I'm almost fifty, and it's something I still add into my day. Well, that's another thing that I think cancer treatments do to us is dries us out considerably. So the idea of spending a little time um, putting some lotion on your face lotion, your body, throw a little massage in there. If it smells good, it's self-care. Yeah, I love that. That's super great. My husband hates lotion, so he's always like, I can't believe you do that. I'm like, oh, no, this is for me. It has nothing to do with you, all for me. And then the last thing is rounding out good dental habits. Yeah. You know, our smiles are so important. You know, it's it's so important, and it's so simple, but it's it's about your mindset. If you think of brushing your teeth as just a chore that you have to do, then it's going to seem painful. Mm -hmm. But if you see brushing your teeth as taking care of your smile and taking care of your health of your mouth, which is kind of a window to the health of our body, then it's, it's a lot more fun. And you can, you can spice it up with different toothpaste and floss and a cool toothbrush, but Mm -hmm. it is self-care. I love that. So we are going to take a short break. Stay with us. We'll be back soon. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone. 
and to keep the show going, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Female cancers affect women. But women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our show. I'm Michelle Beck, and we've been talking with author Stephanie Ewing about her books, The Shower Habit, and we're going to move on here to The Sleep Habit in just a minute. But Stephanie, I just want to say I'm so impressed with the steps in the book, and over the weekend I started it myself And it it just makes a difference. It's amazing how taking a little bit more time, and it's actually not even that much time because we're so used to doing, we do the shower already, and it's just adding things into that. But creating healthy habits like this can lead to real change. I definitely agree. The idea of taking time that we already spend doing something and making it more intentional benefits us, so why not? Yes, that is super awesome. I love that. Sorry, I was having a little a, a mental moment, like my brain just went, wee! Um, but let's talk about your newest book, The Sleep Habit, which just came out this weekend. I have not had the opportunity to read it or listen to it yet, so can you tell us why you wrote this one? Definitely. Well, as I said when we started, I write books that I personally need. And the basis behind this book is understanding how many people affected by cancer then have trouble sleeping. That is so not fair. We've already gone through so much and the fact that we have trouble sleeping is is something that I wanted to find kind of a, a cure or some tips to help people. So one of the things that I've done today and tomorrow, so May 20, 19th and 20th, mm-hmm. is I've made both of those books free on Amazon. Oh. So anybody listening can download The Sleep Habit or The Shower Habit for free. And oh, you I love that. And not that we don't want you to get proceeds from these books, because I think, you know, that's what every author wants. You want to be read, but it's also nice to get a little extra cash on the side. But um, I'm definitely going to go download The Sleep Habit today. And because it is so, sleep is so necessary. And as you said, so many people who have been through a cancer diagnosis, their sleep is forever disrupted unless you find some good ways to to get that back and 
for me, I, I definitely struggle with sleep. My husband, we, we get in bed and he's asleep in two minutes. And I'm like, do, 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 do. I listen to meditations. I listen to podcasts. I, I get up and I go back down and it's a struggle. And I know the average adult needs seven to nine hours of sleep, but I, most people I know do not get this. Um, my, I'm thinking that since I haven't read the book yet, that one of the first steps to getting a good night's sleep depends on your, your bedroom atmosphere. Is that correct? Definitely. Kind of doing a, there's a quiz right at the beginning of the book to kind of assess your bedroom, your sleeping surface, your nightstand, the cleanliness, all the things that are kind of the foundation for the steps that you need to build on top of that in order to allow us to fall asleep. I was nodding the entire time you were talking because my husband is the same. (laughs) He can fall asleep in so, so quickly and it takes me so long. And then it makes me angry. (laughs) Which doesn't help our sleep. (laughs) No. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually did some research on that. The average person, which I would say I am definitely not average, I'm below average in the ability to fall asleep. The average person spends seven years of their life trying to fall asleep. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) We need that time back. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, is, you know, we never know what, what tomorrow's going to bring. So the last thing I want to do is worrying about falling asleep. So in your, in your quiz, cause you also had a quiz at the beginning of the shower habit, which was great, but in this one, so you ask about, you said you're all the different things and how do you, how do you go about setting a good bedroom atmosphere? I'm assuming it's, you know, you get a good mattress and lighting and, and things like that. What else do you talk about? Definitely a good mattress. That's a key. But I would say even more important than your mattress is your pillow and the temperature of your bedroom. Now that you're going to read a lot of recommendations if you're researching how to get better sleep, but truthfully, it's action research. It's trying a certain temperature or a certain pillow out and then deciding if that worked for you or not. And I would say give it a week or two because you know that's that's a real personal choice, but knowing yourself and knowing what works is the basis of figuring out what's going to be our successful key to good sleep. Yeah. And that I, I can definitely understand that because I love to sleep in a bedroom that is cold. Like I, I want to cover up with all the blankets and, but I want it to be cold. And I've definitely heard that that is actually better for, for most people. And I've done the pillow thing as well. Cause I have this big, huge fluffy pillow that I kind of roll up in a ball, but it's not super supportive. And so I finally switched to a cervical pillow where it has like spots for my arms and it holds my head into a certain place. And I sleep so much better with that. It doesn't quite fit with my, my podcast, my ear pod headphones, but <laughs> you know, you got You got to figure out what works best for you. Um, and then I imagine evening routines, is probably something that's really important. I remember when my son was little, it was there was always talk about keep the same evening routine so they know that you're getting ready for bed. Like it's bath time and reading time and and quiet time. I'm assuming this is also the same for adults. You know that's so true. And as moms, we are often great about holding that routine consistent for our kids, and yet we don't allow ourselves that same consistent routine. And that routine can trigger your body and your brain to say, oh, we're getting ready for bed. I should increase melatonin. I should lower our core body temperature. It 
it's allowing us to get into the right physiological state in order to be able to fall asleep. And I would imagine in our world of world of electronics and smartphones and tablets today that it's probably advised to keep them out of the bedroom. It is. Darn it. I'm the worst. I'm the worst at this, but I think we all need to convince ourselves that our tablets and our phones are like little pets and they need their sleep and we need to build a bed and it needs to be not in our bedroom and we need to put them to sleep and not <laughs> put them back up till morning. I, I that's great. And I've since I actually listened to the sleep ha- or shower habit last week, I was like, okay, what am I going to learn in the sleep habit? And like, I know this, but I've actually started leaving my iPad downstairs because we go to bed at night, like we finish watching TV and then I take up my iPad and I play card games on there, you know, for like 20, 30 minutes. And then I put it down and then it still takes me a long time to fall asleep. But I've been leaving it downstairs the past few days and just taking a book with me instead an actual physical hard book because I'm old and it, it it really allows me to fall asleep much easier because my mind is not focusing on that blue light and the other distractions. It's so true. And when we're playing those games, we are getting better at them. And so if it is our goal to be the world champion of online card games or online, (laughs) which is what I like, then we should keep doing it. But if it's our goal to do, a really fast routine in order to fall asleep, we need to put the electronics down and pick up a hard book. Like you just said, it doesn't mess with our eyes. There's no blue light and you can just close it whenever you get sleepy. Mm -hmm. Or when it, you fall asleep and it hits you in the face because that happens to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) One of my personal other struggles with falling asleep is how do I turn off my head? Because there's so many things that we think about during the day. And when we finally lay down, your head doesn't stop. And it's just like, okay, what about this? And what do I have to do tomorrow? And, and what about the tax bill that's coming up? And all of those things. What does the sleep habit talk about for being able to turn off your head? You know, that's a huge part of the, the nighttime routine. There's not one thing that's going to help us turn off our brain. It's the consistency and all the steps in the routine. But one of the huge factors that I think we need is a journal beside our bed. We need to do two things right before we're getting ready to go to sleep. One, write down three to five things we're grateful for. And two, jot down your main to-do items for the next day. That's going to allow us to feel that, I guess, sense of calm and happiness, thinking Mm -hmm. about those things we're grateful for. And it's also going to let our brain know, don't worry, we've written it down. You're not going to forget it. We know what we're going to do tomorrow. And I think that's a, that's a great way to kind of hit that off switch for those busy, active brains that we have. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense because like you said, you're grateful. I've been here another day. Every, I heard a quote recently, and of course I can't remember the entire thing, but literally it was every minute is a miracle that I'm still here because nothing is promised and just really vocalizing or writing down that gratitude is will make a big difference. And like you said, allow you to relax and the to-do list for the next day, which is super, it's such a great goal to do because then, like you said, you can get it out of your head, you write it down 
And in the morning you can pick it up. And you're like, okay, after you do your shower habit, you go grab your journal and you're like, okay, what, what am I doing? What do I need to do today? So I love that. Um, so once, once someone gets their bedroom set up properly after your quiz and sets up their good routines, how long does it really take to get better sleep? You know, it's really personalized, but if you're serious and you do the prep work, I think you can drastically reduce the amount of time it takes you to fall asleep in just three days. That's, that's a pretty big goal. I, I'm definitely going to have to work on that. Uh, personally, since I, I struggle with falling asleep with uh, quite a bit of it is due to the medication that I take, my post-cancer meds, it, it's one of the things that it causes is insomnia. And so I, I work with a lot of things and I do... I take melatonin, which is super helpful. And sometimes I also need to take some, some gummies because I need, I need to be knocked on my butt sometimes just like go, but I'm, I'm hoping that I can start these new sleep routines and I can ease off of that because it would be a lot better to just do it naturally. You know, that's the goal, but if you're taking medicine, that's making that harder. It doesn't hurt to take medicine to make it easier. I love that. And one one of my things I've always joked about, even pre-cancer, was better living through chemistry. <laughs> I, I have friends who are like, well, I don't take aspirin. I'm like, why not? Or, you know, I don't, I don't do Advil. Well, it, it helps with inflammation or, and it's, so I'm within moderation, obviously, I, but I, I will try all the things as long as they help. We were watching a TV show last night and someone was um, using fentanyl, but not in a good way. I'm like, oh, I really like fentanyl. <laughs> My husband's like, you are a little creepy. I'm like, no, I remember from various things, you know, the many surgeries that I've had, fentanyl is really nice. <laughs> you know, uh, through my cancer journey, I found out I'm allergic to most all things that are supposed to help. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that is not good. I no, no I've, I have found um, other than fentanyl, Dilaudid is my jam. And I realize that is really hard to get and. So I don't, I don't have a drug problem, I swear. <laughs> totally you know, went if, off on a re- random path. But if, if you've been through cancer, you know all these things. Yes. Um, but we have to wrap up here soon. And do you have any resources you could share with our listeners who weren't able to write down everything we said today? Obviously, go out and, and get the books um, in the next two days or you know afterwards. But I think on your website, you also have a place where people can plug in their email address to get some resources? That is so true. I do not send a lot of emails. I think I've sent one email to people that have signed up to get free resources. So you're not going to get spammed, but you are going to get helpful things. And you're also going to hear when books are going free, because I think it's Mm -hmm. important that people have access to these resources without paying for them. And if after you have it for free, you think, I want the print version because I like to write in the margins. Great. Or I like the audiobook because I like to listen while I fold the laundry. Fabulous. But download it for free right now, and then you'll know if you want to spend the money on some other format. I love that. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being here today. It, it has been a pleasure, and uh, even though I went off the rails a couple times. But um, listeners, you can go to stephanieewingauthor.com for more information. And for those of you out there, if you or a loved one need our services, go to breastfriends.org. You can make a donation by texting BF Radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. 
If you would like to nominate yourself to be a guest, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. And we will be back next week. Until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.